Well, we're going to um, think today about the Bible. You've all got one nearby or perhaps have got some at home, some of us, or, uh, you know, there, here it is. It's uh, a book. And the question we're kind of thinking about is, well, what's the point of it? What's the point of the Bible? Why have we got it? Just to warm you up, here's some things. What's the point of this then? No, we're going to, no. That's it, right. Anyone know what that is? What's the point of that? Going to have to be quick. Anyone got any ideas? The what? It's a bottle opener. Who would have thought? Yeah, it confused me. It looks like something a dentist might use, wouldn't it? Mind you, dentists do drink quite a lot of wine, I think, so perhaps they would use it. Um, something else, which I, I don't, why is this? Oh, here it is. Got that one? It's a trick one, because it's another bottle opener, actually. But I was looking for things that, you know, you, you, you wonder, what, what's the point of it? You know, what's that? Well, you need to know what it is to know what it's for. Now, here's one. Anyone know what that is? Sorry? A pair of kidneys. Kidneys, no, I don't think it's, I think they'd be a, it could be a bit tight to get inside. It's a bit like a life jacket. You're close, but anyone know? It's actually a, a, an avalanche protection jacket thingy. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. So I think uh, if you've got one on, I presume it's not inflated, I suppose, and you happen to be in an avalanche. I think you pull a string, I suppose. And I, I don't know what that does, whether it kind of floats. Well, anyway, that's what it's claimed to mean. <laughs> What's the point? We often uh, know the point, need to know the point, don't we, when we want information. You know, what's the point of that thing? Well, we, if we know what the point of it is, we know how to kind of engage with it, address it, use it. Sometimes we ask the question, what's the point? <laughs> you know, when it's not about information, it's about motivation. We're kind of feeling, of it. I often think, oh, what's the point? You know what, remind me, why am I doing this again in a certain activity or whatever it is? Uh, what's the point? What's the point of the Bible then? That's what we're thinking about today. What's the point? Why? Well, we're doing a series of three uh, talks uh, over the next three Sundays because as a church, uh, the Bible, the Bible's place in our life, teaching from the Bible and living our life from God's word is a really crucial value and we thought it would be good every, as you know if you're regular here, every now and then we take three weeks out of the regular teaching program just to remind ourselves of some of our core values and this Teaching the Bible, learning from the Bible is a key value. So today we're thinking about what's the point, why. Next week we're going to be thinking about how do we approach the Bible. And then the week after that we'll be thinking about the Bible in our lives. Now let's have a look at uh, a part of the Bible to get us going as a kickoff point. It's in 2 Timothy, it's chapter 3 and it's verse 10. It's on page 1196 if you want to follow it in, in the books. The Bible's nearby. Let's uh, see what it says. As you're finding it, let me just tell you, if you're new to this, that this is a, a part of the New Testament. This is a letter written by one of the early Christian leaders, the Apostle Paul, to a man called Timothy, who was a, a leader in a church in a place called Ephesus. And he writes this very personal letter to him to encourage him in what he's doing as a church leader there. So we're talking about probably 
um, AD 60, something like that, when, when these words were written. So here we go, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. He's writing to Timothy. He says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. This is him kind of reminding Timothy of what they've been through together. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, he says to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, or indeed the woman of God for that matter, it's a generic term. God's person may be equipped, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. So Paul is talking to Timothy, he's looking back over the things they've been through together, the things that Timothy has learned, and the letter is all about how Timothy is meant to teach those to other people in the church he's leading, to to ensure that people kind of stick to the the core truth of the the good news about Jesus and, and and God's word. And this letter is all about that. And Timothy has learned truth from Paul. But he's also learned a way of life. He's seen that truth lived out in tough things like persecutions and hardships and so on. They've been in all of that together. But did you see that there are these two references to Scripture here? It talks about all Scripture in verse 16. Verse 15, he talks about how Timothy has come to know the Holy Scriptures. And Paul is talking again about Timothy's experience of the Old Testament from his mother and his grandmother, we read about that earlier in, in the, the passage, who were Jews and would have taught him the Old Testament before he became a believer and a follower of Jesus. And, and into that also comes the things that Paul has taught Timothy from his teaching, as Paul has uh, shared with him. But did you notice that it says all scriptures? It's plural. And the Bible, as we get to this, we need to realize that it's a collection of books. That's what Bible means. It means a collection. Different types of writing you find in the Bible. You find all kinds of things. You find poetry. You find history. You find things that are called prophetic oracles. You, you, you find uh, things called uh, apocalyptic literature. They're kind of like revelation we've been looking at. You find things like wisdom. Different forms, but... The Bible says here, Paul says to Timothy, all this has been breathed out from God. He said it's like, it's been like exhaled. It's kind of like a a breath of God coming out. But although it's so varied and it's in all these different forms, it does take up one big story. And if if you know a little bit even about the Christian faith, you'll know that it starts at the beginning Kind of with creation and ends at the very end of everything between Genesis and Revelation. It's, it's a big, big story. And the one big idea throughout the whole of all of these 66 different books 
is that God is involved in our world and wants to be involved with us. And the story starts with everyone, with creation. We read of how it all goes wrong and how God reboots uh, the whole thing, as it were, with one family who become one clan, who become a nation, and then the blessing goes out to the whole world again. In fact, you know, you can sum up the Bible's whole story in two minutes. Do you believe that? Have a look at this. Uh, you may have to listen carefully. The Bible in two minutes. The big story should be coming up now. First off, nothing but God. Second off, God says the word and whap, stuff everywhere. The snake does some word twisting, Adam and Eve fall for it. God kicks them out of heaven and earth and death scrolls in. They make babies. Then the evil to good ratio goes through the roof. So God turns the flood taps on. Water world, more babies. Then Abraham, the first Jew, and his boys, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. 400 years on, the Jews are just slave labor for Pharaoh. Then God waves them out of Egypt via 10 plagues. Moses downloads the big 10 rules. The Jews mess up on all 10, grumbling around the desert for 40 years. Joshua gets him into a land with milk and honey on draft. Then David sorts out the giant Goliath in between recording his greatest hits compilation. Solomon writes some wise one-liners. Then Naf King after Naf King messing up the people. Elijah and the other couriers can't stop the rot, so God lets Babylon trash Jerusalem. The Jews are slave labor again. Daniel gets to sleep with the lions. Isaiah predicts the liberator. Esther stops the Holocaust attempt. And 70 years on, the Jews trek back to do construction work in Jerusalem. No shift in attitude. More idol promises wine got up, so he stops talking to them for 400 years. Dot, dot, dot. Enter the miracle baby, Jesus, the liberator. Good with hammers and nails. He takes a career change at 30, launches his three-year heaven-on-earth tour with his mobile miracle clinic. Loads of subversive stories and provocative questions. The public love it. The Team 12 love it. The religious suits don't. Dodgy trial, punishment beatings, public execution, more hammers and nails. Two days later, he's back. He's back, launching the sequel by his foreign rep, Paul Benson, the Jesus Liberation Movement.org. Loads of emails on what it all means. With God in us, we can bring heaven on earth, bit by bit. Journal's final memo on what's going to happen to wrap it all up. The snake gets barbecued. The Jesus Liberation Movement get limitless life. Heaven on earth, absolutely. Rob, that was wonderful. <laughs> And under two minutes. How did you come up with the idea? Okay, we'll, we'll stop there. Thank you. So it can be done. Sorry, some of, uh, some of the older ones may be finding it hard to tune it. It was very fast, but it can be done. The Big Story in Two Minutes by Rob Lacey, who wrote the uh, Street Bible that some of you may uh, be aware of. Well, let's get into this then, and let's ask ourselves, what's the point of the Bible? I've got uh, yeah, four very basic, hopefully straightforward things to say. Here's the first thing. What's the point of the Bible? Well, the Bible tells us who we are in that sense. The big story of the Bible shows us where we fit as human beings. Now, when we say story, that doesn't mean that it's fiction. But it's like the backstory to everything. You know, often you see dramas or you see films or you read books and you realize that what's going on in the, the, the film you're watching or the book you're reading is, is explained through a backstory. Well, the Bible gives us the big backstory to the, the human kind of uh, story, the human experience. It talks about creation, why we're here. What about human nature, the way we are, the way the world is? All these things help kind of uh, locate us. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15 here in this passage tells us that the scriptures make us wise for salvation. And salvation, as, as, as Rob pointed out, if you caught it on, on that two-minute thing, 
Salvation is all about God's rescue of us as people from the mess we're in because we've messed up. The Bible says it, it's sin, the mess of our lives, the mess of our rebellion against God, how it's spread right out and even ruined the whole creation. And salvation is about how God comes in and brings that rescue through Jesus. It says here, through faith in Jesus Christ. And as we're connected to Jesus, as we're in relationship with him, so we know that salvation. And that's the first reason we need it. To understand why the world is like it is. That's the point of the Bible. Helps us understand who we are, where we are as a whole kind of human experience. And it also holds out hope that things can be different. And all of this comes from God. It says it's God breathed, God's word. But how is that? It's not dictated. It's not like uh, the Quran, which uh, you know, has the idea of, uh, of uh, the prophet of Islam kind of hearing, um, uh, getting a vision and being told to write it all down, you know, by dictation. This isn't how the Bible works, not at all. No, all these people, all these different places, all these different types of writing. Sometimes, yes, there are words from God. God says he speaks in the first person, singular, and, and what he says is, is remembered and written down by people like Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah and people like that. Other times, it's the account of how God is involved with people, how he works out his purposes in their lives. But as I say, it's not dictated in that sense. So, so then how, you might say, well, how can it be God's word if all these human authors were writing it? Wouldn't it be easier if it had been dictated? That might have been, but that's not how it happened. You think, well, I can't cut my head around. Well, think about it this way. Um, you know, they're great architects, people like Richard Rogers and Norman Foster, people like that, who, who design great buildings, don't they? But, but they work through all of the architects in their practice. You know, Richard Rogers, uh, whichever one it was, designed uh, Terminal 5. Was that Rogers or Foster? Rogers, thank you. I'm you an architect. We know. He, he, he didn't design every rivet, every kind of bit. I mean, it was the great vision uh, and different ones, did it? Uh, again, you see the same in, you know, you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. Gordon Ramsay isn't cooking it up every, every restaurant he's in. His team, his, other people are, are kind of doing his stuff, as it were. It's a bit like that with the Bible. If, if that helps, hold it. If it doesn't, forget it. But it's a, a bit like that. So the Bible is there to give us the backstory of who we are, where we are, why we are. Do you need to know that? You know, on, on, on like a cosmic scale, like you know, the, the, the program "Who Do You Think You Are?" People, you know, they find out about their, their backstory and their relatives and so on. It helps them to know where they are, how they fit. Well, in a sense, for us as the human race, the Bible is like that. It's, does it ring bells? It helps us to understand the experience that we have. The memories of, oh, if only God was there, you know, I'd like to believe. Those kind of, where's all that coming from? Well, the Bible helps us to understand. It helps us to know who we are. That's a point of the Bible. Do you need that? Well, read the Bible. Get under it. Get under it. Second point, the Bible introduces us to a God who speaks. That's an amazing thing. That's worth thinking about for a bit. All scripture, it says, is God-breathed. What's the first thing God does in the Bible? The very first thing he does? Genesis 1 verse 1, God created, he speaks, he says. 
and he goes on speaking. He communicates. He reveals himself to people. The big story of the Bible is how he wants to love people. He wants to bless them. He wants to be in relationship with the created beings that he's made. And by the time Jesus arrives, he comes into a community who knows that God had spoken, who knows that God speaks, and knew too that God would speak again. And we're expecting God to say something, expecting a prophet like Moses, only much bigger and better to come. Jesus makes it very clear in the Gospels that he was the one that was coming in that role and more too. And when Jesus comes, what does he do? He speaks. He speaks with great authority. He speaks God's word, God's word, but is himself, the Bible says, God's final word to the human race. And Jesus does a lot of speaking in the Gospels, doesn't he? He teaches, but he also does a lot of actions by his word. He's calmed the storm with a word. He expelled demonic powers from people by speaking. He spoke uh, and, and people were healed of sicknesses and disabilities. He forgave people's sins just by speaking a word. He brought and was God's word, God's speaking. And in, in, the, in the Gospels, you hear a phrase, so in Luke 5, it talks about, Luke casually talks about a big crowd of people listening to the word of God. What are they listening to? They're listening to Jesus, telling his parables and his teaching and, and doing miracles and stuff. Remember the parable of the sower? Jesus tells us that parable. He talks about the seed is like the word of God. And, and he's referring to the things he says. So the point of the Bible is to introduce us to a God who speaks. And Jesus is part of that. The final word in the story. God speaks. He comes out after us. He reveals himself to us. It's amazing. Have we got that? Do we realize that he is the God who speaks? That's why the Bible matters to us in this church. Because the Bible introduces us to a God who speaks. The Bible matters to us because it tells us who we are. And the third reason the Bible matters to us, it gives us life. Now the disciples themselves realized that Jesus' words were not only God's words, but there was life in those words. In fact, Jesus said that himself. Here's a passage from John chapter 6. Jesus says there, I don't know whether you can see it on there again. Um, Jesus himself said, the Spirit gives life. He's talking about spirit, life from God, the Holy Spirit. Then he says, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. And then a little bit later on, some of the people turned away from him, and he has this conversation with the 12 disciples who say that. See at the bottom there? He says, are you going to go as well? And Peter says, no, Lord, who shall we, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And, and in John 17, as Jesus prays about the disciples as he goes to the cross, he sums up his ministry in the words he prays to God in this phrase, I gave them the words you gave me, he says to God. And we've got those words, they're in the Gospels. We can read them for ourselves. We can ask God to bring life into our experience from these words of his, these words of Jesus, the truth that he speaks. But more than that, the, the, the life that there is in that truth. 
we can read them. We see the Holy Spirit at work in the Acts. And then later on in the New Testament, we, we read this in Peter. 1 Peter this is. Peter talks to people who've become believers. He talks about their being born again, that phrase, which means being born again of God, a new life in God, which happens when we turn to Jesus. But look what he says. You've been born through the living and enduring word of God. The Bible gives us life. What's the point of the Bible? To give us life. That's why it matters that we're kind of hearing it, reading it, being in a community where it's lived out. It gives us life. That's the point of it. That's why it matters to us. What's the point of the Bible? Fourthly, what we had so far. It tells us who we are. It introduces us to a God who speaks. It gives us life. Fourthly, it sustains our spiritual life. Do you remember Jesus told his disciples that they needed to live very closely to him? He said they need to be as close to him as a, a branch of a vine is to the rest of it. Connected to him, John 15. Those of us on, here on the Thursday of Easter, Holy Week, saw those words very vividly portrayed. We're to be connected to him. And those words come to us today. Look at the end there, the bottom paragraph. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, how do we remain in him? His words remain in us. We're sustained by God's word. That's why it matters. As a believing community, we're meant to have the word of Christ dwelling in us. This is from Colossians. Let the word of Christ dwell in you as you teach, as you admonish. And the picture is of a community that's challenging each other, that's helping each other understand, that's praying for each other, that's worshiping together through psalms and hymns, rather, and songs from the Holy Spirit. Singing to God, all of that, all of that is saying, the word is dwelling in you richly as all of that happens. Our spiritual life is sustained. What did Jesus say to the devil when he was tempted? He said these words, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. The Bible sustains our life. We also read in 2 Timothy, we saw in that passage that scripture helps us to live. How? Well, we learn through teaching. When our lives are out of line, it kind of sounds a warning, rebuking. Helps us to keep on course, correction. Um, you know, if you, you do flying in a plane, you have that little thing on the, um, the heading indicator. The thing tells you what direction you're going on. It's called a bug, a little red thing that you put in it where, where the direction should be. And then that, uh, the automatic pilot kind of brings you onto that heading. And often the Bible, we need that, like the Bible is like the heading bug in our lives. We need to know which direction to go and it helps us to course correct. That's what scripture does. And through all these ways, the Bible brings us in touch with God. Somebody said that the Bible brings us in the way of God. How does it do that? Well, not just because it's like reading words on a page, 
We've got to read it or, we, or hear it or we won't know what it says. But it's because God breathed it. And the word breath in the Bible is the same word for spirit. The Holy Spirit, the breath of God. When it talks about uh, right in Genesis 1. God speaks, the spirit is brooding across the waters over unformed creation as it were. And isn't it interesting, we're told that the, the Holy Spirit fills us as believers, as we ask him, as we put our lives in his hand, but the word fills us. We read that we're born again by the word, Peter, but what do we read in John 3? We're born again by the spirit, Holy Spirit and the word together working in our lives. Both, we need both, the Holy Spirit's power and the truth of the word in fact you know i was going to say that they're not i was going to say they're no good without each other that's not it but they, they, they work together the spirit takes the word brings it into our being into our experience it's what the holy spirit's what he loves to do god's living and enduring word and sometimes we have examples of that i'll tell you a story uh, you know as we get under the word as we read it listen to it sing it talk about it Share it. Read it aloud. I'm meeting God in his word. Have you got, ever thought about it that way? We pray God's word for each other. Um, a little while ago, myself and, and David, I hope you won't mind me sharing this, David. We were, uh, we were going up to pray with someone uh, who were having some tough times. And uh, before we were at the house of prayer, and we were praying for them. And so I said, David, got anything? We, has the Holy Spirit given you anything to to share uh, and we were praying around I, I didn't kind of it was kind of blank and as we were driving uh, Dave, David said actually I think I've got a verse in Isaiah and he, he told the verse and, and as we were driving up the avenue we were trying to figure out exactly what part of Isaiah it was or looking it up and I was driving so he was looking so that was alright and uh, when we got to, to these folks we were praying with we, we just uh, said well, we, we listened and, and just, just spent time together hearing about uh, where they were at. And then as we prayed, David, uh, we said, well, we've got something to share. And David shared this verse from Isaiah. And the person said, what? You mean you knew that or God gave you that before you came? Yes, yes, we said, uh, driving up the avenue, we were kind of figuring it out. And, and this person said, in tears, really, I can't get away from God's word. It's amazing. Because it was exactly what they needed. And, and the, the Spirit takes the word, just brings it into our lives. Have you ever got a letter from someone who loves you? How do you respond to it? The Bible, actually, is like that. It's a letter. It's a book. It's an account. It's, it's, it's a spoken communication from a God who loves us beyond our wildest imaginations who cares so much for us and who wants to speak his truth by his spirit into our lives the bible brings us under the in the way of god i think we'll we'll close there but before we do let me just go over these things what do we need to do from the Bible, let's find out or let's be reminded of who we are from God's word. Let's realize that we can get really close 
to a God who speaks to us. And let's be nurtured and nourished in that life together. Let's be sustained in our lives together through God's word. That's why the Bible matters a lot to us in Portswood Church. That's why it's one of, that's one of our key values. And I hope that in these next two or three weeks, as we kind of interact about it, we'll be blessed and know the God who speaks to us, continuing to speak through his word, by his spirit. Let's respond now. Thanks.